0: Krishna, dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Śrīla Prabhupāda's books. Right here in the live studios, in Hive, otherwise known as the Haven in Anglo-Saxon, in Southeast England, just near the English Channel in Kent, so we're here, and we're uh, getting refuge from the material world by hearing about Krishna's pastimes, which, according to the Bhagavatam, is the most powerful way to become uh, purified from material contamination of this material world. Shrimad Bhagavatam Mahima Stotram by Śrīla Sanātana Goswāmī details the glories of the Bhāgavatam through His eyes. Five verses, short verses, but wonderful verses. goes like this. sarva sastra dipyusha, sarva vedaika satpala, Sarva-siddhanta-ratnādya <laughs> Sarva-lokaika-drik-prada O oh, Nectar! From the ocean of all scriptures singular fruit of all the vedas rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds sarva bhagavata prana srimad bhagavata prabho Dita ditya sri krishna parivartita o life heir of all the supreme lord's devotees O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Padamananda Pattaya Prema Bharashakshadayate Sarvadasava Sevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who were supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable. Pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka Bando mad guru-man maḥādhāna Man Mahadana Manistadamagbhagyab Manistadaka Mad Bhagya Mad Anandana Mostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master. My great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy. I bow down to you. Asadu Atini Mam narit Kanta Yokspura. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please. Never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate bhagavate Vasudevaya We've reached chapter 39 in Krishna, The Supreme Personality of Godhead, Srila Prabhupada's masterpiece, summary of the 10th canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Akrura's return journey and his vision of Vishnu Loka within the Yamuna River. Akrura was warmly received by Lord Krishna and Nanda Maharaj and offered a resting place for the night. In the meantime, the two brothers Balaram and Krishna went to take their supper. Akrura sat on his bed and began to reflect that all the desires he had contemplated while coming from Mathura to Vrindavan had been fulfilled. Lord Krishna is the husband of the goddess of fortune. Being pleased with his pure devotee, he can offer whatever the devotee desires. But the pure devotee does not ask anything from the Lord for his personal benefit. After taking their supper, Krishna and Balarama came to bid, to bid good night to Akrura and asked him. How Kanksa was dealing with their friends and relatives. Krishna then inquired into Kanksa's plans. The Supreme Personality of Godhead then informed Krura that his presence was very welcome. Krishna inquired from him whether all their relatives and friends were well and free from all kinds of ailments. Krishna stated that he was very sorry that his maternal uncle Kamsa was the head of the kingdom. He said that Kamsa was the greatest anomaly in the whole system of government and that they could not expect any welfare for the citizens while he ruled. Then Krishna said, My father has undergone much tribulation simply from my being his son. For this reason also, He has lost many other sons. I think myself so fortunate that you have come as my friend and relative. My dear Akrura, please tell me the purpose of your coming to Vrindavan. After this inquiry, Akrura, who belonged to the dynasty of Yadu, explained the recent events in Mathura, including Kanksa's attempt to kill Vasudeva the father of krishna he related the things which had happened after the disclosure by narada that krishna was the son of vasudev hidden by vasudev in the house of nanda maharaj akrura narrated all the stories regarding kansa he told how narada had met kansa and how he himself was deputed by kansa to come to vrindavan Akrura explained to Krishna that Narada had told Kangsa all about Krishna's being transferred from Mathura to Vrindavan just after his birth and about his killing all the demons sent by Kangsa. Akrura then explained to Krishna the purpose of his coming to Vrindavan to take him back to Mathura. After hearing of these arrangements, Balarama and krishna who were very expert in killing opponents mildly laughed and at the plans of kamsa they immediately informed nanda maharaj and Kangsa that kamsa they immediately informed nanda maharaj that kamsa had invited all the coward men and boys to go to mathura to participate in the ceremony known as danor yavya Kansa wanted them all to go there to participate in the function on krishna's word nanda maharaj at once called for the cowherd men and asked them to collect milk and all kinds of milk products to present to the king in the ceremony he also sent instructions to the police chief of vrindavan to tell all the inhabitants about Kangsa's great dhanur-yagya function and invite them to join. Nanda Maharaj informed the cowherd men that they would start the next morning. They therefore arranged for the cows and bulls to carry them all to Mathura. When the gopis heard that Akrura had come to take Krishna and Balarama away to Mathura, they became overwhelmed with anxiety. Some of them became so, so aggrieved that their faces turned black, and they began to breathe warmly and had palpitations of the heart. They discovered that their hair and clothes immediately loosened. Hearing the news, that Krishna and Balarama were leaving for Mathura, others who were engaged in household duties stopped working as if they had forgotten everything, like a person who was was called forth to die and leave this world at once. Others immediately fainted due to separation from Krishna. Remembering his attractive smile and his talks with them, the gopis became overwhelmed with grief. They all remembered the characteristics of this personality of Godhead, how he moved within the area of Vrindavan, and how, with joking words, he attracted all their hearts. Thinking of Krishna and of their imminent separation from him, the gopis assembled together with heavily beating hearts they were completely absorbed in thought of Krishna and with tears falling from their eyes they spoke as follows O providence you are so cruel it appears that you do not know how to show mercy to others by your arrangement friends contact one another but before they can fulfill their desires you separate them. This is exactly like a child's game that has no meaning. It is very abominable that you arrange to show us beautiful Krishna, whose bluish curling hair beautifies his broad forehead and sharp nose, and who is always <clears throat> and who is always smiling to minimize all grief in this material world, and then arrange to separate him. From us. O Providence, you are so cruel, but most astonishingly, you now appear as Akrura, which means not cruel. In the beginning, we appreciated your workmanship in giving us these eyes to see the beautiful face of Krishna, but now, just like a foolish creature, you are taking away our eyes by not letting us see Krishna here anymore Krishna the son of Nanda Maharaj is also very cruel he must always have new friends he does not like to keep friendship for a long time with anyone we gopis of Vrindavan having left our homes friends and relatives have become Krishna's maidservants but he is neglecting us and going away he does not even look upon us, although we are completely surrendered unto him. Now, all the young girls in Mathura will have the opportunity. They are expecting Krishna's arrival, and they will enjoy his sweet, smiling face and will drink its honey. Although we know that Krishna is very steady and determined, we are afraid that as soon as he sees the beautiful faces, of the young girls in Mathura. He will forget himself. We fear he will become controlled by them and will forget us for we are simply village girls. He will no longer be kind to us. We therefore do not expect Krishna to return to Vrindavan. He will not leave the company of the girls in Mathura. The gopis began to imagine the great functions in the city of Mathura. Krishna would pass through the streets, and the ladies and young girls of the city would see him from the balconies of their respective homes. Mathura city contained different communities, known as known then as Dashara, Bhog, Bhoja, Andaka, and Satwata. All these communities were different branches of the same family in which Krishna appeared namely the Yadu dynasty. They were all expecting the arrival of Krishna. It had already been ascertained that Krishna, who was the resting place of the goddess of fortune and the reservoir of all pleasure and transcendental qualities, was going to visit Mathura City. The Gopis then began to condemn the activities of Akrura. They stated that he was taking Krishna who was more dear than the dearest to them and who was the pleasure of their eyes. He was being taken from their sight without their being informed or solaced by Akrura. Akrura should not have been so merciless but should have taken compassion on them. The gopis went on to say, The most astonishing feature is that Krishna, the son of Nanda, without consideration, has already seated himself on the chariot. From this it appears that Krishna is not very intelligent. Yet he may be very intelligent, but he is not very merciful. Not only Krishna, but the cowherd men are so callous that they are already yoking the bulls and calves for the journey to Mathura. The elderly persons in Vrindavan, are also merciless. They do not take our plight into consideration and stop Krishna's journey to Mathura. Even the demigods are very unkind to us. They are also not impeding his going to Mathura. The gopis prayed to the demigods to create some natural disturbance (laughs) such as a hurricane, storm or heavy rainfall. So that Krishna could not go to Mathura. They then began to consider. Despite our parents and guardians, we shall personally stop Krishna from going to Mathura. We have no alternative but to take this direct action. Everyone has gone against us to take away Krishna from our sight. Without him, we cannot live for a moment. The gopis thus decided to obstruct the passage through which the chariot of Krishna was supposed to pass. They began to talk among themselves. We have passed a very long night, which seemed only a moment, engaged in the rasa dance with Krishna. We looked at his sweet smile and embraced him and talked with him. Now, how shall we live even for a moment if he goes away from us? At the end of the day, in the evening, along with his elder brother Balarama, Krishna would return home with his friends. His face would be smeared with the dust raised by the hooves of the cows. And he would smile and play on his flute and look upon us so kindly. How shall we be able to forget him? How shall we be able to forget Krishna, who is our life and soul? He has already taken away our hearts in so many ways throughout our days and nights. And if He goes away, there is no possibility of our continuing to live. Thinking like this, the gopis became more and more grief-stricken at Krishna's leaving Vrindavan. They could not check their minds and they began to cry loudly, calling the different names of Krishna. Oh dear Damodar, dear Madhava. The gopis cried all night before the departure of Krishna. As soon as the sun rose, Akrura finished his morning bath, got on the chariot, and started for Mathura with Krishna and Balarama. Nanda Maharaj and the cowherd men got up on bullock carts after loading them with big earthen pots filled with yogurt. Milk, ghee, and other milk products, and then they began to follow the chariot of Krishna and Balarama. In spite of Krishna's asking the gopis not to obstruct their way, they all surrounded the chariot and stood up to see Krishna with pitiable eyes. Krishna was very much affected upon seeing the plight of the gopis, but his duty was to start for Mathura. For this was foretold by Narada. Krishna therefore consoled the gopīs. He told them that they should not be aggrieved. He was coming back very soon after finishing his business, but they could not be persuaded to disperse. The chariot, however, began to head west. And as it proceeded, the minds of the gopīs followed it as far as possible. They watched the flag on the chariot as long as it was visible and finally, finally they could see only the dust of the chariot in the distance. The gopis did not move from their places but stood until the chariot could not be seen at all. They remained standing still as if they were painted pictures. All the gopis decided that Krishna was not returning immediately, and with greatly disappointed hearts, they returned to their respective homes. Being greatly disturbed by the absence of Krishna, they simply thought all day and night about his pastimes and thus derived some consolation. The Lord. <clears throat> The Lord, accompanied by Akrura and Balarama, traveled in the chariot with great speed toward the bank of the Yamuna. Simply by taking a bath in the Yamuna, anyone can diminish the reactions of his sinful activities. Krishna and Balarama took their baths in the river and washed their faces. After drinking the transparent, crystal clear water of the Yamuna, they took their seats again on the chariot. The chariot was standing underneath the shade of big trees and the two brothers sat down there. Akrura then took their permission to also take a bath in the Yamuna. According to Vedic ritual, after taking a bath in a river one should stand at least half-submerged and murmur the Gayatri Mantra. While he was was standing in the river, Akrura suddenly saw Balarama and Krishna within the water. He was surprised to see them there because he was confident that they were sitting on the chariot. Confused, he immediately came out of the water and went to see where the boys were and he was very much surprised to see that they were sitting on the chariot, as before. When he saw them on the chariot, he began to wonder whether he had mistakenly seen them in the water. He therefore went back to the river. This time, he saw not only Balarama and Krishna there, but many of the demigods and all the Siddhas, Charanas and Gandharvas. They were all bowing down before the Lord. He also saw Lord Sheshanaga with thousands of hoods. Lord Sheshanaga was covered with bluish garments and his necks were all white. The white necks of Sheshanaga appeared exactly like snow-capped mountains. On the coiled lap of Sheshanaga, Krishna was sitting very soberly with four hands. His eyes were like the reddish petals of a lotus flower. In other words, after returning to the Yamuna, Akrura saw Balarama turned into Shesha Naga and Krishna turned into Mahavishnu. He saw the four-handed Supreme Personality of Godhead smiling very beautifully. The Lord was very pleasing to all and was looking toward everyone with a merciful glance he appeared beautiful with his raised nose <clears throat> broad forehead <clears throat> attractive eyes and reddish lips his arms reaching to the knees were very strongly built his shoulders were high his chest was very broad and his neck was shaped like a conch shell his navel was very deep and his abdomen was marked with three lines. His hips were broad and big, resembling the nails of his feet. Mm. His hips were broad and big, resembling those of a woman, and his thighs resembled the trunks of elephants. The other parts of his legs, the joints and lower extremities were all very beautiful. The nails of his feet were dazzling and his toes were as beautiful as the petals of the lotus flower. His helmet was decorated with very valuable jewels. There was a nice belt around his waist and he wore a sacred thread across his broad chest. Bangles were on his hands and armlets On the upper portion of his arms, he wore bells on his ankles. He possessed dazzling beauty, and his palms were like lotus flowers. He was further beautified by the different emblems of the Vishnu-murti, the conch club, disc, and lotus flower, which he held in his four hands. His chest was marked with the particular signs of Vishnu, and he wore fresh flower garlands all in all he was very beautiful to look at akrura also saw his lordship surrounded by intimate associates like the four kumaras sanaka sanatana sananda and sanat kumara and other associates like sunanda and nanda as well as demigods like brahma and lord shiva the nine great learned sages there were there and also devotees like Prahlad and Narada and the eight Vasus, all were engaged in offering prayers to the Lord with clean hearts and pure words. After seeing the transcendental personality of Godhead, Akrura immediately became overwhelmed <clears throat> with joy and great devotion. And all over his body <clears throat> there, were transcendental, there was transcendental shivering. Although for the moment he was bewildered, he retained his clear consciousness and bowed down his head before the Lord. With folded hands and faltering voice, he began to offer prayers to the Lord. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta purport of the 39th chapter of Krishna, of return journey and his vision of Loka within the Yamuna River. Jai, Sri Krishna Balaram ki jai, the bewildering Yogamaya energy of Krishna ki jai, and his vision of the Vishnu Loka and Maha Vishnu and Shesha ki jai. All right, well, well, we'll go on to chapter 40. Prayers by Akrura. Akrura offered his prayers as follows My dear Lord, I offer my respectful obeisances unto you because you are the supreme cause of all causes and the original, inexhaustible personality, Narayana. From your navel, a lotus flower grows. And from that lotus, Brahma, the creator of this universe, is born. Since Brahma is the cause of this universe, you are the cause of all causes. The elements of this cosmic manifestation, earth, water, fire, air, ether, ego, and the total material energy, as well as nature, the marginal energy, the living entities, the mind, the senses, the sense-objects, and the demigods who control the affairs of the cosmos are all produced from your body. You are the super soul of everything, but no one knows your transcendental form. Everyone within this material world is influenced by the modes of material nature. Even demigods, like Lord Brahma, being covered by the influence of material nature, not exactly know your transcendental existence beyond the cosmic manifestation of the three modes of material nature. Great sages and mystics worship you as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the original cause of all living entities, all cosmic manifestation and all demigods. They worship you as all-inclusive. Some of the learned brahmanas also worship you by observing Vedic ritualistic ceremonies. They offer different kinds of sacrifices in the names of different gods. And there are others also who are fond of worshipping transcendental knowledge. They are very peaceful. And after giving up all kinds of material activities, they engage in the sacrifice known as jnāna-yajna, the philosophical search, for you There are also devotees known as bhagavatas who worship you as the supreme personality of godhead <clears throat> after being properly initiated in the method of pancharatra they decorate their bodies with tilak and engage in worshipping your different forms of vishnu murti there are others also known as shaivites Followers of different acharyas who worship you in the form of Lord Shiva. It is stated in the Bhagavad Gita that worship of demigods is also indirectly worship of the Supreme Lord. But such worship is not orthodox because the worshipable Lord is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Narayana. Demigods such as Brahma and Shiva are incarnations of the material qualities, which are also emanations from the body of Narayana. Actually, there was no one existing before the creation except Narayana, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The worship of a demigod is not on the same level as worship of Narayana. Akrura said, Although the minds of those who are devotees of the demigods are fixed on a particular demigod because because you are the super-soul of all living entities including the demigods worship of the demigods indirectly goes to you. Sometimes, after flowing down from the mountains during the rainy season small rivers fail to reach the sea. Some reach the sea and some do not. Similarly, the worshippers of the demigods may or may not reach you. There is no guarantee. Their success depends on the strength of their worship. According to the Vedic principles, when a worshipper worships a particular demigod, he also conducts some ritual for Narayana, Yageshwar. For, as it is mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita, The demigods cannot fulfill the desires of their worshippers without the sanction of Narayana or Krishna. The exact words used in the Bhagavad-gītā are mayaiva vihitān hitān which means that the demigods can award some benediction after being authorized by the Supreme Lord. When a demigod worshipper comes to his senses, he can reason as follows. The demigods can offer benedictions only after being empowered by the Supreme Lord. So why not worship the Supreme Lord directly? Such a worshipper of the demigods may come to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but others who take the demigods as all in all cannot reach the ultimate goal. Akruruma continued to pray. My dear Lord, the whole world is filled with the three modes of nature, namely goodness, passion and ignorance. Everyone within this material world is covered by these modes, from Lord Brahma down to the non-moving plants and trees. My dear Lord, I offer my respectful obeisances unto you, because you are beyond the influence of the three modes. Except for you, everyone is being carried away by the waves of these modes. My dear Lord, fire is your mouth, the earth is your feet, the sun is your eye, the sky is your navel, and the directions are your ears. Space is your head, and demigods are your arms. The oceans and seas are your abdomen and the winds and air are your strength and vitality all the plants and herbs are the hairs on your body the clouds are the hair on your head the mountains are your bones and nails the days and nights are the blinking of your eyelids Prajapati the progenitor is your genitals and the rains are your semen My dear Lord, all living entities, including different grades of demigods and different grades of overlords, kings and other living entities, are resting in you as part and parcels of the big unit. One cannot know you by experimental knowledge. One can simply understand your transcendental existence to be like the great ocean. in which different grades of living entities are included, or like the Udumbara fruit, out of which small mosquitoes come. My dear Lord, whatever eternal forms and incarnations you accept when you appear in this world are meant for relieving the living entities of their ignorance, illusion and lamentation. All people, therefore, can appreciate the incarnations and pastimes of your Lordship and eternally glorify your activities. No one can estimate how many forms and incarnations you have, nor can anyone estimate the number of universes that are existing within you. Let me therefore offer my respectful obeisances unto the Fish Incarnation who appeared in the ocean of devastation although your lordship is the cause of all causes. Let me offer my respectful obeisances unto the Hayagriva incarnation who killed the two demons, Madhu and Kaitaba. Let me offer my respectful obeisances unto you who appeared as the gigantic tortoise that held up the great mountain Mandara and who appeared as the boar that rescued the earth planet which had fallen into the water of the Garbodak. Let me offer my respectful obeisances unto Your Lordship, who appeared as Nushingadev, to deliver all kinds of devotees from the fearful condition of atheistic atrocities. Let me offer my respectful obeisances unto You, who appeared as Vamanadev, and covered the three worlds simply by extending Your lotus feet. Let me offer my respectful obeisances unto you, who appeared as the Lord of the Bhrigu's in order to kill all the infidel administrators of the world. And let me offer my respectful obeisances unto you, who appeared as Lord Rama to kill demons like Ravana. You are worshipped by all devotees as the chief of the Raghu dynasty, Lord Ramachandra. Let me offer my respectful obeisances unto you who appear appear as Lord Vasudeva, Lord Sankarsana, Lord Pajumna, and Lord Aniruddha. Let me offer my respectful obeisances unto you who appeared as Lord Buddha to bewilder the atheistic and demoniac. And let me offer my respectful obeisances unto you who who appear as Kalki, to chastise the so-called royal order degraded to the abominable condition of leches, who are below the jurisdiction of Vedic regulative principles. My dear Lord, everyone within this universe, material world is conditioned by your illusory energy. Under the impression of false identification and false possession, Everyone is transmigrating from one body to another on the path of fruitive activities and their reactions. My dear Lord, I am no exception among these conditioned souls. I am falsely thinking myself happy in possessing my home, wife, children, estate, property and friends. In this way I am acting as if in a dreamland because none of these are permanent. I am a fool to be always absorbed in thoughts of such things, accepting them as permanent truths. My dear Lord, due to my false identification, I have accepted as permanent everything which is non-permanent, such as this material body, which is not spiritual and is the source of all kinds of miserable conditions. Being bewildered by such concepts of life, I am always absorbed in thoughts of duality and I have forgotten you who are the reservoir of all transcendental pleasure. I am bereft of your transcendental association being just like a foolish creature who leaves the waterhole covered by by water nourished vegetation and goes in search of water in the desert. The conditioned conditioned souls want to quench their thirst, but they do not know where to find water. They give up the spot where there is actually a reservoir of water and run into the desert, where there is no water. My dear Lord, I am completely incapable of controlling my mind which is now driven by the unbridled senses and is attracted by fruitive activities and their results. Therefore my intelligence is very miserly. My dear Lord, your lotus feet cannot be appreciated by any person in the conditioned stage of material existence, but somehow or other I have come near your lotus feet. And I consider this to be your causeless mercy upon me. You can act in any way because you are the supreme controller. I can thus understand that when a person becomes eligible to be delivered from the path of repeated birth and death, it is only by your causeless mercy that he comes nearer to your lotus feet and becomes attached to your devotional service. Akrura <clears throat> fell down before the Lord and said, My dear Lord, your transcendental, eternal form is full of knowledge. Simply by concentrating one's mind upon your form, you can one can understand in full knowledge everything that be, because you are the original source of all knowledge. You are the supreme powerful, possessing all kinds of energies, You are the supreme Brahman and the supreme person, supreme controller and master of the material energies. I offer my respectful obeisances unto you because you are Vasudeva, the resting place of all creation. You are the all-pervading supreme personality of Godhead and you are also the supreme soul residing in everyone's heart and giving direction to act. Now, my Lord, I am completely surrendered unto you. Please give me your protection. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta Purport of the 40th chapter of Krishna Prayers by Akrura. Hare Krishna. Well, there you have the exhibition of. <clears throat> whole philosophy of Krishna consciousness in one set of prayers by Akrura <clears throat> now we can understand why Akrura is famous as having <clears throat> attained perfection simply by offering prayers and it is exactly 8 o'clock on the second which is amazing because that's two days in a row we've had two chapters ending exactly at 8 o'clock Hare Krishna (coughs) okay we'll stop our reading for tonight and ask for the reflections of the elevated Vaishnavas out there in (coughs) cyberland first
1: is from Sudevi Dasi
0: Hare Krishna Sudevi Dasi she
1: says Hare Krishna Maharaj
0: Hare Krishna. <clears throat> all glories to Srila Prabhupada.
1: There's something here from Bhaktarupa.
0: Hare Bhaktarupa.
1: He says, Hare Krishna. Wish I could express my gratitude for these Krishna book readings, Maharaj. It's such a special thing. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: Hare Krishna. All I'm doing is reading Prabhupada's words. That's all I'm doing nothing more Hare Krishna the glory goes to Srila Prabhupada Hare Krishna
1: it's heartbreaking to hear about the gopis' distress at Krishna's leaving Mm. I'm struck by the stunning imagery of Mm. the gopis standing still as if painted pictures Mm. until the dust settled Mm. the cows also became still like paintings upon hearing Krishna's flute previously I wonder what to make of their distress when Krishna left previously it was to increase their attraction to him is this what's happening here
0: yes it's exactly what's happening um, <clears throat> see when, when we're conditioned by material nature uh, it's difficult for us to understand how it is that the gopis in this apparent grievous situation, grieving, unlimited grief, are actually tasting the highest possible transcendental ecstasy. Sanatana Goswami explains it in the Brihad Bhagavatamrita very nicely in a purport. He said that if you make ice cold enough you know dry ice is very very cold it it puts out a vapor when you put it into the atmosphere the oxygen it's very cold but if you put that dry ice on on the skin it feels hot like fire and when you take it off it leaves a burn just like a hot something hot has touched the body So like that (laughs) something that is one thing looks like another acts like another. So this is the only way that you can understand this. It's paradoxical. But the gopis and the brījvāsīs are feeling the topmost ecstasies of love for Krishna, Even in these states of extreme uh, separation and and uh, tears and devastation. And to understand it completely, one has to be completely pure. One has to be purified by hearing and chanting uh, without motivation, uh, simply for the pleasure of one spiritual master and Krishna take full shelter of this unique and wonderful process of just hearing the pastimes of Krishna without argument without speculation without uh, with rapt attention and then then one gets by that process itself one gets the ability to understand these things gradually Hare Krishna. That's all I can say about that. I don't know anything more about that. All I can do is repeat what I've heard from my authorities. Hare Krishna. Bhakti
1: Noel.
0: Hare Krishna, Bhakti Noel.
1: She says, Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj. And from Sudhani Sachi Sundari, she says, Hare Krishna Maharaj Please accept my humble obeisances All glories to Srila Prabhupada All glories to your divine service
0: Hare Krishna Thank you so much for your encouragement
1: From Rati Mandrari.
0: Hare Balrati
1: She says Jai Guru Maharaj Thank you for your steady delivery Of transcendental knowledge Your daily readings are my north star
0: (laughs) Hare Krishna Yes, let Prabhupada re- lead the way, lead us out of this labyrinth of material actions and reactions. Hare Krishna.
1: From Ananda Murthy Devi Dasi.
0: Hare Krishna. She
1: says Dear Gurudev and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you so much for giving us the nectar of hearing Krishna's pastimes. Today I understood that Krishna always knows his devotees' heart and gives back gives them all reciproc all reciprocation. Yes. Yesterday I tried to distribute Bhagavad Gita to one old lady, but she denied it accepting the Gita, saying she is following other religions strictly. Mm. They I understand that I should not worry about those people too much because they are also on the way to Krishna through another way. Mm. By the way, I was almost crying yesterday because till 20 o'clock I couldn't distribute the Gita. These three weeks I continue to, stu- to distribute Gita at least three books. Yesterday I had to work from... 9am to 8pm so it seemed no way to distribute but 8pm I was on the street and tried distributing then 4 books of Gita had been distributed and got donation for all of them
0: Hare Krishna
1: during it I met one young guy to receive 2 books of Gita nicely he was on the way to traveling all over Japan he is happy to receive books
0: Hare Krishna
1: Thank you so much
0: Very nice Please continue this activity Of trying to give uh, Srila Prabhupada and Krishna To others And your life will become perfect Just by doing that Hare Krishna And chanting your rounds And performing your other devotional activities But this is the most Pleasing To Srila Prabhupada When you try sincerely to give out his books to others Hare Krishna Congratulations
1: from Vilas Manjari Haribo she says dear Maharaj please accept my humble obeisance Haribo Vilas Manjari I was appreciating Akura's prayers how in his vision of Mahavishnu he then appreciates the Lord's presence everywhere in everything the universal form incarnations and mercy toward individual souls thank you for reading
0: yes that's why in Bhagavad Gita it says if you know Krishna you know everything because everything's in Krishna. If you accept Yomamasm Asamudo Yomam evam Asamudo Janati Purushotama, Sa Sarvavid Bajanti Mam Sarva Bhavinabharata. So that means if one accepts can accept Krishna as the supreme personality of Godhead without doubting, he becomes the knower of everything. because as we just heard a kuru pray krishna is in a sense everything because everything's coming from his transcendental form everything spiritual and material so therefore when you know krishna is the supreme without doubting without argument but really really truly full on then you become the knower of everything and you can see krishna everywhere and you can see how his energies are working and nothing confuses you or, or bewilders you. You know things uh, as they are. Or as Prabhupada used to say very endearingly, endearingly you know what is what. Hare Krishna.
1: From Dadyari Hari Das.
0: Dadyahari Hari Das, bow. He
1: says, Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank yeah. you for these readings. It's easily my favorite part of the day.
0: Hare Krishna, thank you so much for the encouragement. If I can just do one one thing. Hare Krishna, this is the, the best thing.
1: I really liked when Akura says, quote, Your lotus feet cannot be appreciated by any person in the conditioned stage of material existence, but somehow or other I have come near your lotus feet and I consider this to be your causeless mercy upon me. This is something I can easily relate
0: to. Yes, Hare Krishna, so can we.
1: He goes on to say, it would be great to be able to accurately remember and describe Krishna as well as Akrura is doing.
0: (laughs) Yes, it would be. But, I would like to say that by reading this clearly, and honestly and sincerely, you get the same benefit. So you can't remember it, pick up the book and read it again and again and again. And if you, if you still can't remember it, keep hearing it, because you will get the same benefit. Hare Krishna Hearing these books is not different than meditating on Krishna. No doubt. That's why it's having this effect on everyone those who are speaking, those who are hearing those who are appreciating they all get the same benefit and those who are caught up in fault finding and so many other things so many dualities of material existence they can't hear therefore they can't get that same benefit but even them if they keep hearing eventually their hearts will become pure Hare Krishna and thank you everyone again for your encouragement and uh, thanks Srila Prabhupada from the depths of my heart for giving us these books to be able to repeat I know it's Kali Yuga it's hard to read it's hard to get time you know it's hard to to have a peaceful enough mind to sit and read but this hearing is the best thing so we will continue to do this for the rest of our lives master my life to try to help anyone understand what's true and what's not by meditating on these wonderful transcendental literatures Shri Krishna the Supreme Personality of Godhead ki jai samabeda bhaktabhinda ki jai govara premanandi hari haribo see you tomorrow night, same time same place, same topic as we hear Krishna and his adventures continuing. Hare Krishna